0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Emblem Support Podcast. I am your host, Ordo, and I'm joined today by my A-plus support partner, Cardwiz.
1: Build an army. Trust nobody. Except for us. Glad to have you back for another episode of the Emblem Support Podcast.
0: Another episode? Hmm, I'm pretty sure... This is our chapter one, good sir.
1: Ah, yes, but oh, the, the true Fire Emblem fans would know that there is always a prologue chapter.
0: Ah, of course. I should have... I should have known this. So <laughs> <laughs> But uh, if this uh, is
1: your first episode, it's okay. You don't have, you don't have to listen to it. You can any episode can be the first episode. You need to tr- go in treating it like that.
0: Yep. Yeah. So um yeah, this is pretty much a fresh start. Um if you didn't listen to the prologue basically, we just rambled and we're trying to get our feeling for what we we're going to do, but Uh, Today I've actually recorded, recorded, I've actually uh, taken down some nice little notes for what we're going to talk about, and uh, so I guess we'll start, Mr. Cardwiz, by uh, letting the viewer, um, sorry, viewer, listener, uh, know what we've been playing or what we've been watching. Well,
1: recently I've been, I took advantage of, it's just after Thanksgiving as we're recording this to date this, and I just took advantage of some Black Friday sales, and I didn't really find anything I liked, so I bought a bunch of really old Wii U and 3DS games that I'd never played before. I've been delving into, I started up Xenoblade Chronicles X about two hours into that, and it's something. I like the battle system, I hate the the characters, I hate the animations, I hate a lot of it, but I'm going to try to at least put another hour or two into it so I can actually get into exploring the world. Also got the Paper Mario game on Wii U. I haven't opened it yet. And I also got a, with the Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee coming out, I've been on a mini Pokemon kick. So I have got myself a a game I've never played before. Pokemon uh, not Omega not Omega Ruby, the other one. uh, Alpha Sapphire. Never played that generation on Game Boy Advance, so I got it on 3DS, and so far I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the Pokemon, enjoying all the water, even though there's too much of it, according to the internet. But I'm having a good time. Having a good time in a little bit of a nostalgia land as I get ready for to prepare for more Fire Emblem in the future.
0: Sounds pretty good. Uh, what do you think of that... Uh, what do you think of the theme song for uh, Xenoblade X? You know, the Black Tar whatever song it is that plays whenever you fight somebody
1: i'm enjoying the song okay well enough that nothing has really stood out about xenoblade chronicles x so far sadly i am and i'm kind of enjoying like the mmo-ish sort of aspect of it just like oh after every couple of battles i'm picking up new equipment and i switch it out oh and i can see the equipment switch out and i just recently unlocked like your secondary class and i see on the menu system that there seems to be like four subclasses to each thing so uh, that system does intrigue me because i do like that sort of system i do love job systems in a sense but so far it, it hasn't grabbed me i i've already played xenoblade chronicles 2 and this just seems like a much weaker battle system in much worse character design so uh, i don't know how much more i'm going to put into it but i'm, I'm going to try
0: yeah, the thing I always hear about Xenoblade Chronicles X that it's it's more about the exploration than it is the characters and the uh, uh, story part of it. So I mean, yep. I can't I can't really say much too much else about it. Like I always wanted to pick it up and I was kind of hyped for it, but uh, it just uh, it, it's release date and me just didn't didn't uh, it just never came for me
1: just being a little ways into it, I can see why the is good, but I'm, I'm in the start of, like, all, all JRPGs where I'm in the tutorial, 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 and hopefully in a couple of hours I can actually get to the actual game.
0: Yeah, but if you remember Xenoblade Chronicles too, I mean, once you reach Chapter 7, they're still giving you, like, not well, not as much, but they're still, like, a thing like, oh, yeah, here's one more thing you can do. It's just like, oh, God, please stop. Yeah, <laughs>
1: The problem with the Xenoblade Chronicles two tutorials is that some of them were actually really important, but there were so many of them, I drowned, I droned them out as it went along. So by the time I was just like, wait, how am I supposed to do these breaks? What is that weird orb that's circling the enemy right now? What's going on? I'm so confused.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's you know typical JRPGs, but uh, as far as me, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts: Birth by Sleep. I finally finished. Uh, Uh, Aqua's Path, because I actually picked up the entire series, which, you know, is pretty simple to do. No reason not to play this good series.
1: Was that the one that was originally on Vita?
0: Uh, PSP. PSP. Yeah, I mean, I I played it before on on the PlayStation 3 collection, but I was just like, uh, I'll just buy all the collection, just have it on PS4. So, uh, I just finished the last little bit of It. I think I have, um, the last episode to do, and then I'll be completely finished with that. And then, uh, as far as Black Friday goes, the only thing I picked up was, uh, Life is Strange. Um, it's not two, it's the other one, the prequel. Before the Storm? Yeah, that's it. It was like, I think like the special deluxe version was like ten bucks. I was just like, that's pretty much a steal. I did enjoy the first one, so... Uh, I haven't got to play it yet. I'll probably do it after I'm done recording this, but... Other than that, um moving on um, here's something that I I really wanted to do and I actually posted this on the Twitter account Um, you know you and I are super passionate about this series and you know what we really want to do with this podcast Um, with that said though there are gaps in our knowledge and sometimes we actually do miss a few things so if you ever have any corrections for us you know drop them in the comments or send them up through uh, our Twitter account called emblem supports yes I finally found an at that I was happy with today um, and with that said, you know I caught a few, uh, actually caught a couple of uh, corrections for us to do. Uh, last week we were talking about um, the things that were in Smash Brothers, since we were just coming off that Smash Direct. So um, I missed Tiki and the Black Knight being assist trophies now, and um, for whatever reason I kept saying, "Oh yeah, there's eight Fire Emblem characters. There's eight Fire Emblem characters." We were talking about our Smash Brothers seven, and so um, I wanted to do a correction for that personally so uh, here's the characters that I've listed that I would actually choose for Fire Emblem um, if you remember my question to, to you the audience was that you know if you could replace or you could choose you know seven Fire Emblem characters instead of the ones that we have um, you know give us give us a shout out and tell us you know what characters you would actually like with the exception of Marth Marth has to stay because he's like the guy he's your Mario he's your Link so excuse me um here's who i chose i chose ike roy corin uh replace lynn sorry replace uh lucina with celica replace wow okay i'm sorry my handwriting is really bad (laughs) (laughs) sorry replace robin with celica so you can still have like you know magic and sword play, but maybe lean her a bit more towards magic than swords. Um, put in Lin because you know she's super popular, but like give her instead of just like making her a sword user, maybe mix her in with bows as well because she can have bows as her upgraded class. And then the last one I have frame because I love I love GBA games, and uh, he has he has a lance so. I would have one, two, three, yeah, whatever. You know. That's what I put. (laughs)
1: Yeah. When we were doing the conversation last in the prologue episode, I was I brought up the list of the Smash Brothers characters and we kept saying eight for some reason I just kept going through a list of characters, just like I'm only counting seven. I'm either missing one or Incineroar was a secret Fire Emblem character that I'm not remembering. But I, I should have subbed something at the time.
0: He's a, he, he, Incineroar's a lagoo's. We should have put that out.
1: Oh, that's right. He was in the Project Steam crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my seven Fire Emblem characters are pretty much the same as yours for the same reasons. Although I did end up switching out, uh. Roy for Lucina because Awakening was the game that sort of revived Fire Emblem and saved the franchise to a degree so that game should get some representation and Lucina's a good character plus with the I like the masked Marth quote Marth alt costume
0: I wish we could have kept that I I hate how like her taunt is just oh she'll put on the mask and immediately throw it away it's just like why can't we just keep that on
1: yeah, it, it it should be an alternate costume. There's no reason why it shouldn't be.
0: I mean, almost every single character, you know, that we're... for Fire Emblem could have an alternate costume instead of a... Uh, I, well, I guess it's more than Fire Emblem, it's just the entire roster. Like, a lot of those characters could have alternate costumes and such.
1: Yeah, and it's just like, it doesn't seem like a little mask like that would make a big difference. But, I mean, like, Mario's getting, like, a hard hat. He's getting a... Is he getting a sh- the tuxedo outfit? Yeah. getting a number of outfits which are changing the sprite a tiny bit so I wouldn't think that would be an issue but eh
0: yeah.
1: whatever I'm not in charge of programming at Smash
0: yeah it is what it is and you know you have, a, you have a roster of you know 70 plus fighters so I mean hey you know no complaints from me um so here not I mean we're not really rushing that through but uh we're actually going to move on to the main part of the podcast um this is our chapter one. This is our official start to this podcast. And, you know, I think, you know, what what's a better way to talk about Fire Emblem than, you know, good ways to actually start the franchise? Because, you know, I was thinking about this, and I was like, well, what about if the person who's listening has a mild interest in Fire Emblem, but they're not really sure where to start? So I figured, you know, we would give our two cents on, you know, what are good good ways to get into the franchise?
1: Well, personally, I would recommend the one that got me into the Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem 7. It has the Lin story mode, which is the prologue in the first ten chapters of the game, and it works as an excellent tutorial. If you've never played a strategy game like that before, if you've never played a Fire Emblem game, that is a very strong tutorial that tells you a lot of the mechanics that you need to know about, how the battle works, that gives you the weapon triangle, teaches you about archers, flying units, how the magic works, promotions. It does a very good job of laying the groundwork for everything you need to know. So,
0: yeah, but I, I agree, you know, um, fire, well, it was just called fire emblem 2003, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, fire emblem seven, blazing sword, everyone call it. Yeah, It's, it's an excellent prologue. It's a good way to get into the series. Uh, Lynn mode is, yeah, I mean, it's a glorified, people say, Oh, it's just a glorified tutorial, but if you're going with someone who's never played with a franchise before, I mean, uh, definitely go and uh, give it a try, because I think it's I think it's uh, excellent. And then once you start Chapter Eleven, you get to the real story. It, it's also a really good story as well. Um, I think as far as availability goes, though, uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, obviously, um, it's a, it's simple to get into. Uh, the story is okay. Um, it also teaches you those mechanics. Um, it, it, like, like I said, the big, the big thing for me with Awakening is that it's very easy to get a hold of. It's out there. you know. It's available digitally. It's available physically. Um, the 3DS is still hot right now. To, well, I say it's still hot, but you, you know what I mean. It's, it's easy to get a hold of. Um,
1: I've got one in my hands right now. Going through some wild grass. Oh, no, what am I about to catch? What am I about to catch? It is that weird green do- lightning dog thing. Yes. Electric.
0: Yes, I love him. Uh birth birthright's also uh kind of an easy one too. Uh, again, it's very easy to get a hold of. It only came out a couple of years ago, so um, I would not recommend Conquest. Conquest is more of the hey, you know, you've been here for a while, you know what's happening. I I don't recommend that or the um, what's called The Third Path of the Fate Series Revelations. I don't, I don't recommend that either.
1: It is very hardcore. Very extreme. <laughs> Not for babies.
0: Too much for us. But you and I actually had a uh, an interesting like off-mic conversation about whether uh, Fire Emblem Echoes was a good one to get started with. And I don't think we ever came to a good conclusion about it.
1: I think it is a good entry point because it, it is fairly traditional fire emblem but it also has those sort of interesting dungeon crawling elements which if you if someone has never played a fire emblem game never played a real strictly strategy turn-based game like that could be a way to sort of I don't want to say trick people to get involved but like uh, influence that part of the brain so it's like oh I'm crawling going around a dungeon I'm familiar with this I know how this works it's just a little thing, but it's one mechanic that I actually really liked from the game. And I think it could is something that could appeal to the eye of some quote casual people who have never played a, a Fire Emblem game before. I don't know. I was Plus the story and the characters are good and it has a good art style.
0: I don't know. I was, I was kind of like on the, uh, I, I, I disagreed with it because I was just like, well, echoes is very different. Um, You know, it's the remake of the second game in the series, and it doesn't have things that the other Fire Emblem games have, such as the Weapon Triangle, and other Fire Emblem games don't have the Dungeon Crawling experience. Now, I did say, like, if you were familiar with, like, um, a Tales series game, you might feel right at home with this, because it has, like, you know, it has that map that you explore, and then uh, you have kind of, like, monsters that you can encounter on the overworld map. And then once you encounter those map monsters, then you're pulled into, like, the Fire Emblem gameplay. But I, I don't know. I just I just don't think it's a good entry. I think, like, if you've played a couple of titles and have those underneath your belt, then, yeah, definitely jump to Echoes for maybe your second or third game.
1: I would agree. That it, it could work like that, it, but... If I wanted to bring people in casually who would just look on from afar and say, oh, I can vaguely see myself interested in that, who might be turned off by just the standard turn-based, all the characters, and the sword and sorcery, the easiest way to get into it would be the way that Nintendo is getting people into it. Fire Emblem Heroes. It's just about the quintessential mobile phone app game with a gotcha system, which is actually for a gotcha system it's very simple turn based strategy that can get really deep if you really want to delve into it trust me it is it's, yeah oh yeah i i put about two months into that game and i could see how it could become a really deep experience with the transferring of skills and such like that to create the optimal teams but it is a good casual mobile gacha ga- game and I assume that has brought people in. It certainly brought the money in for Nintendo and I would s- certainly hope that's translated into sales for them.
0: I mean, I have seen a few people that are, that have been like, Oh yeah, you know, I, I started with heroes and I went out and I was able to get a 3DS and Fire Emblem Awakening or, Oh, I already had a 3DS. So I just picked up Fire Emblem Awakening cause it was so easy to get a, get a hold of. And so, I mean, yeah, that that's definitely a, um, heroes is definitely a good entry point too. And, <clears throat> And the thing with uh, Heroes is that, I mean, everyone in this day and age, especially if you're listening to this, you have a smartphone. So just, like, go download it and give it a try. And if you like it, maybe jump onto the quote-unquote real Fire Emblem games.
1: <laughs>
0: but, uh, do you, well, yeah. one thing I will say about the 3DS titles, though, um, is that they do have casual mode. Because you know, permadeath is a thing that a lot of people are just like, "Oh, permadeath! I can't play with that."
1: Yeah, after playing the GBA games and the GameCube ones, it's hard to imagine a game without permadeath. But I could—that's probably a good casual way to get people in. Just like, "Oh, you lost the character just for that map. It's okay." And I will say, I a game I recently got that I didn't mention earlier—I got Fire Emblem Warriors on Switch. And I must say I absolutely went casual mode because the permanent death mode in that one is more BS because I don't rely, like relying on the AI and the cost is way too expensive, especially in the early game for that.
0: Sorry, good sir. Huh. I could I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't I had to go I had to go classic mode with that. <laughs> I, I lost Minerva pretty early on. <laughs> 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 I lost Minerva. It's like oh, it's going to cost like 300G to get her back. I was like, are you kidding me? So, for the most part, uh, while I was leveling, leveling up uh, characters and you know a few of the DLC characters, I didn't have Minerva. I was just like, well, sorry Minerva. <laughs> it's...
1: Yeah, it's like 300,000 and like five golden uh, items which are not easy to get early on. So like, maybe if you put like 50 hours 50 to 100 hours into the game, that is a drop in the bucket, but where I was in the game just a few hours in, it seems like, okay, that's a hurdle that I'm not going to get across switching to casual mode. I'm out.
0: Yeah. But even, even, even in like permadeath with the, with those, with the GBA titles, it's not really like a, it's not a hard thing. I mean, I think a lot of people with permadeath, they look at it and they're just like, oh man, if I lose a unit, I lose them forever and I can't get them back. And the thing is that the game kind of babies you just a little bit, especially, you know, Blazing Sword. Like, if you lose one of your mages early on, you know, you'll get you'll get another powerful mage way later down the line. <laughs> and, uh, you know, same thing with your archers. I mean... And the thing is, sometimes you'll get units, and you will never use them at all. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of someone who I never use. Uh, maybe Rebecca or Will? They're not really fantastic.
1: No, they aren't. Uh, the people who always rode my bench were usually, like, the pre-promotes that you get later on, but... The reason they're there is if you lose people early on you can have someone who can actually go into the battle and be competent if you need them to be you don't have a revival fountain like in Echoes
0: yeah I mean I just like I don't know I see a lot of people who play like you know more than the more recent titles and they're like well I can't go back and play these games because they have permadeath and I think they make permadeath this huge giant mountain that they just can't overcome and they instantly throw their hands up and they're just like well I can't do it Perma death, and I think that's that's just like the wrong way to look at it. I mean,
1: yeah, but I like I've always played as like a challenge. It's like, oh, someone died, completely restart. I'm going to play this out perfectly. I'm going to get the silent assassin bonus and Hitman. I'm going to perfect this. I have to perfect this. They all have to live.
0: <laughs> well, you see, when I first started, like uh, I I mentioned the Prolong that. I mentioned it in the prologue, at least I believe I did, that my first game was the Sacred Stones and I didn't understand Permadeath, so I was like, oh, this person's gone, you know, whatever. But then I noticed, like, after I'd saved and gone on to the next map, I'm like, oh, they're dead dead, for real. I was just like, okay. And so then I had to basically kind of plan my I had to plan my moves better. I couldn't just, you know, send one person into a group of enemies and, you know, fold my hands up and be like, okay, well, you know, they're just going to Come back whenever. No, I had to. I feel like it makes you a, a little bit of a stronger player when you have to balance that risk w- reward. Yeah, I could send this person into this area, enemies, but, you know, what's the risk, you know?
1: I love it. just like. I had played Advance Wars before I played Fire Emblem, and in that one, the cost of, like, oh, I'm sending this infantry unit just charging in. Oh, he lost. Oh, that's a. 1,000 coins down the drain not a big loss it's an inconvenience but not a real loss in this one in Fire Emblem it's an inconvenience and it is a huge blow to your army if you're losing soldiers
0: especially if said soldier has a legendary weapon in their hands and they die because you lose that weapon too
1: Uh, I don't want to lose my thief I don't want to lose that lockpick
0: yeah. So, but yeah, when I was players playing playing Sacred Stones, I went through just you know if they died, it was just kind of like, well, they died, whatever. I'll just I'll just go on. Um. I only had one exception to that rule, Joshua. Joshua will never die. Actually, I'm <laughs> lying. My best playthrough of Sacred Stones does not have Joshua in it, as I got like I got cheap shotted. I'm just like, no. So, Marissa I had to pick up the slack. and I'm just like. This is forever a black mark on this playthrough.
1: Uh, Can't believe you let him die. It was all your fault.
0: Now he'll never get to return home to Janna and rule the king. Let's let's not do this. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, those are, you know, some strong ways to get started with that podcast. 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 Hey, that's
1: what we're doing now.
0: Oh, man. No, but those are the those are you know what we think are like basically the best ways to get into the series so um I did not mention path of radiance because while it does mean the things that the other games do as far as tutorials and teaching you how to play and all that good stuff uh, the price is ridiculous for the most part <laughs>
1: Oh what you don't have an extra hundred dollars burning in your pocket to go out to a local mom and pop store and spend it on... GameCube game,
0: and then a GameCube memory card. A decade ago, yeah, oh, well. yeah. So I mean, Path of Radiance is also a really strong title, and it is a uh, one you could one you could really play through and have fun with. But again, the 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 cost going into it is not worth your time. Which actually kind of brings you to that game's sequel, which is Radiant Dawn for the Wii. Uh, it's not a good title to start with either, because it's a direct sequel to Radiant Dawn. I'm sorry, Path of Radiance. Get my titles that, mixed that's up. That's
1: not the reason. That's not the reason that game is bad. Like it as a sequel is actually not terrible, but the things it does with some of the mechanics, specifically with some of the characters, is actually horrifically bad. It makes me just not want to touch that game ever again.
0: Actually, I've played through it once, and I have never touched it again. I even traded it off. I don't Same. even have it anymore.
1: Same. I, I'm sure I have it in some box somewhere.
0: We'll talk about Field. Radio Dawn I someday.
1: So yeah, one day. I don't look forward to that day. Other oh, than maybe I'll love, fall in love with it or something. Who knows? Maybe I've changed. I've changed my ways. You have to believe me.
0: It's possible. I mean, like, you know, people have, people have now kind of come around the game and be like, Oh, man, it's so good. It's so great. I'm just like, I had a horrible time with this game. So, I think that is... uh, Actually, no, we actually missed one game. What about um, Shadow Dragon for the Nintendo DS?
1: I'd say no. I hate the art style. I think it's the ugliest game in the franchise, one of the ugliest games on the DS. I absolutely despised watching the sprites move around. And I don't love that... It doesn't have some of the mechanics I love in Fire Emblem with the characters actually having support and having conversations and talking to each other and being more individuals rather than faceless members of an army. It They felt like faceless members of an army in that game, and it they should because it was an NES game originally, but if you're doing the whole remake thing, if you're going all out and making it a whole new game, I wish they had taken more of the modern things and put it into that.
0: I kind of I I agree with you, but then I was just kind of thinking like, you know, what about if this is actually someone's first Fire Emblem? They have no sort of like expectations. And even then I was just like, well, it's still an ugly game. Those sprites, those like the, the poor, I mean, even the portraits are not really that great. It's just like, you know, you have a character like Nina or Nina, however you properly say her name, who's basically kind of like, I don't want to say her I don't want to say pouring her heart out but she's talking about another character who she feels you know especially strong about don't want to spoil it for you just yet um but she's talking about a character that she feels extremely uh passionate towards but she has like the most blank expression on her face and I'm just like I can't really get behind you and what you're trying to tell me
1: I, I just hate the character designs in that one so much that all the characters look like they're made of play doh, like days old play doh. Yeah, I I can't stand I looking at them. Although, I'll probably play it again one day. Maybe maybe I'll again. Maybe my mind will change. It's been a long time, time since I played it.
0: I actually played it on the Wii U when it went for sale. I was just like, you know what? I kind of I need this under my belt. And I, and I like Marth and uh, the game made me actually like Marth uh, a hell of a lot more too so there's always that
1: I forgot that the Wii U actually did finally start being using the dual screens that they should have been using for a long time uh, wish they'd done more DS stuff on the Wii U but eh
0: it's it's, it's can, not can it's, complain about
1: the Wii U some other day
0: it's not the best way to play that game but you know what we'll talk we'll talk about that game in the future as well um, there's a lot we have to talk about. But we're going to move on to our second to last thing. So when Cardwood and I came up with this podcast, um, one of the things we really talked about with the franchise is that we love the characters for this. And the big part of those characters are their support conversations. And so we decided at the end of it, you know, we're either going to pick a uh, a character support conversation or like a memory prism if we're talking about echoes uh, or if we're talking about heroes we're talking about the level 40 conversations and so we each picked one to go with and mine's actually going to be leading into something so I want to let Cardwhiz, uh talk about uh, a support between Owain and Lucina
1: Yes. Uh, During the prologue, I felt that I was a little too negative on the 3DS games, and I do like them for the most part. And I want to be positive. I want to show a good example. Awakenings had the children mechanic, and while I did have some problems with it, it did some things well. And one thing I liked was the relationship between Owain and Lucina. Owain is this over-the-top character on the surface, he can seem like just this big, over-the-top anime trope, which sadly the 3DS games are sort of littered with, but Owain has enough conversations that grounds him enough to make him feel more real, and th- his conversations with Lucina are some of my favorites. He doesn't address his Lucina, his cousin, as in the complete over-the-top manner. He tries to be... He tries to act like a quote, normal person around her, and Lucina sees this and is like is basically tells him no be yourself this is I don't like seeing you like this are you feeling alright and Owain just admits that he he knows how to act I like that he, he's being himself when he's acting over the top but he's not an insane person he's not crazy he's just a over the top character and he embraces that it makes him feel a little more human he's still a little tropey but he feels more like a human being after this conversation it, not only that we get a little bit of lore on the side we learn a little bit about Lucina the Falchion we learn a little bit more about the history of the blade and how the while the blade itself is passed along through the generations like the the sword itself has to go through maintenance and stuff like that with the handle and the hilt and the sheath of, of it. And in the conversation, Owain sort of gives Lucina a tutorial, gives her help about how to actually maintain the blade, since the blade is something that he is a master of. It's something he is is an expert on. And we, I love that we get to see a little bit more humanity between these two. It makes me like these characters. It's why these two are probably my favorite of the second generation in Awakening. It is a. I think it's a good conversation that ful- that fleshes them out, and that's what I want from a support conversation. I want to love these characters more going into the com- going out of the conversation than I did going in, and, and the Lucina oain support is a good example of that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, my favorite part of this uh, support chain between these two is when, as cousins, they marry. <laughs> No, 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 please, no, no. no. They wouldn't, they don't, no, no. He
1: just just gives her a very special sheet. That's all it does. That's all it is. It's just a very special friendship sheet. No,
0: no, I'm just messing. Please don't tune out. I'm not, I'm not that. Um, No, my my favorite part of this is when they actually are talking about, you know, the legacy of the sword. And um, it kind of gives you a little bit more into O'Wayne's character because... We know that Owain basically goes through all the weapons, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to name this weapon and this weapon and that weapon." But there are a couple of times where he mentions like some armor things, and I think some of his other supports where he's like, "Oh yeah, an archers jerkin is like this and like that." So it kind of gives you like this image that, "Oh yeah, he's kind of a weapons expert." And um, I actually had an I actually had a little theory about this, and that before awakening the falchion. Falchion? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Falchion. I say
1: falchion, I don't know the proper, proper way.
0: Crap, I'm almost like an idiot. Yeah, no, it's called Falchion because they say it in Echoes. But yeah, the Falchion um, has been passed down from male to male to male. And I think part of the old lore for the titles was that it can only be wielded by a male. So Lucina's actually the first female that actually wields this. So My personal theory was that Owain, being of Marth's bloodline, by way of uh being crom's sister is that or I'm sorry, his mother being uh Crom's sister. Yes.
1: Um Owain is not the sister. <laughs> Unless
0: Oh, well, listen, we do I but I can write yeah. that pick. I can do it. <laughs> but yeah, so basically like my personal theory was that he actually wielded it first, or was training to wield it, but then like maybe like the death of his mother and father you know, maybe that took like some kind of toll on him, and suddenly he felt that he he couldn't wield that blade anymore. So then Lucina took it up instead, and that's why he knows about the maintenance and the history and stuff.
1: It's possible. It leaves it open so you can have your own headcanon to it, and that is a, that is a solid one. That's a nice one.
0: And I would actually, and I don't want to get too much into like fantasy moms and dads and things for like the second gen, but I was just thinking like when. Lissa approaches Owain. or sorry, when Lissa approaches Lon Koo, like, there's, he doesn't have his typical, ugh, girl, get away, I'm scared, you know, like he does in his supports. I mean, he does, he does tell her off of, uh, originally when they first meets him in, uh, Ferox, but after that and their supports, they seem to kind of get together pretty nicely, so I was just thinking, like, if a warrior like Lon Koo, who is known for his swordsmanship, was the father of Owain, I was just like, it would make sense that he was, like, kind of a sword... A sword master. Well, yeah, he does promote to a sword master, but it would probably make sense that he knows how to wield a sword and things like that, and that could have played into you know why he was originally chosen for the falchion because his father was a good swordsman. So that's a little bit of a head I guess.
1: It's possible. I don't think I ever read Lissa and Long Q's support, but eh. it it does make sense from a unit standpoint.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would probably have to go back and read their supports, but. Um, I, I was thinking about that could it could make sense. And then, um, oh yeah, I forgot the the a part of the support. is kind of like, kind of where you get the comedy part of it from Lucina, where she's like, "Um, I now call the sword pointy demon spanker." And Owen's like, "What?" <laughs> oh, 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 Owen, oh the person who gives the ridiculous names, is like, "You can't call the falchion demon spanker."
1: These words, th- these names that he's coming up up with, don't, aren't just coming off the top of his head. He puts a weird, obsessive amount of thought into them.
0: Yeah, I think uh, when we see a character that is totally not him in Fire Emblem Fates, there is a weapon called Odin's Grimoire. And uh, it's supposedly a journal with all of his uh, weapon names in it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that is if they were the same character. Not that they are the same character.
1: Absolutely uh-huh. not no no uh-huh. way I'm, totally doesn't hurt my head in confusion what's going on there yeah, that, uh,
0: so I'm definitely uh
1: not complaining about faith I'm not gonna do that today, not doing it,
0: <laughs> all right, so now let's talk since we talk basically kind of went through the c through a support, let's talk about that s support <laughs> no
1: no, we don't acknowledge that. <laughs> They're just friends. They're just cousins.
0: <laughs> oh, he no. just
1: gave her a sheath. That doesn't mean anything.
0: Actually, I have so the support can, she, pulled up. She can up. put
1: her sword into it. That means nothing.
0: I have the support pulled up right here, and the whole sheath thing is part of the S support card was. I
1: know. I'm. I have. I'm watching, I'm reading it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not. We're not doing Fire Emblem support uh, masterpiece theater. We're not going to play that out. I don't think. Unless, you, unless people request that for some reason. Uh.
0: A thoughtful gesture, Owen, but Falchion already has a sheath. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No. So um, yeah, we'll end that there. It's so no says, were...
1: <laughs> even though lots of the games sort of imply it a little bit. No, no, we won't.
0: We're we're not going to get all genealogy of the Holy War on this one. No thanks. Uh. Um, but anyways,
1: what's your support?
0: support? (laughs) So anyway, so I mean, like, if you were to give the support a a rating, let's say an emblem rating, how many emblems out of five would you give the support?
1: Out of five, I'd, I'd give this a good four. It's a very strong support, I think. Like I said, gives a little bit of lore to one of the most important things in the Fire Emblem universe with the Falchion. It makes owain more of a human and lets lucina interact a little bit more so she's less of a 2d bland character
0: yeah i I, I agree with you with everything you said Um, i give it a four star as well mostly because um we get to see a different side of owain and lucina kind of like you know kind of reinforces you know that you know she is the falchion's chosen wielder rather than just someone who's like oh i have to wield the sword now and with that I guess we'll move on to my uh, support which I didn't use the support um, I mentioned that we will also talk about uh, some of the level 40 uh, heroes quotes and I, I chose one because it's going to play into something we're going to announce um, in just a moment but with that said if you all have any um, support pairing conversations that you want to talk about send us one and we'll, uh, we'll look over it so we'll do uh, cardinals will pick a support I'll pick a support and then we'll talk about one of the supports that you the you the viewer listens to, so a little way to get y'all uh, involved in this process. So, um, when Fire Emblem Heroes was first announced, they had something called the Choose Your Legends, and so everyone was devoted, vote on every about about like ninety nine percent of the characters. Um, in the game, in the entire franchise, and they were going to get like a special costume and a uh, a special unit in the game. And Roy came in number two for the males, and so they gave him a special collie. Colli- they gave him a special costume based on his father, Ellie Wood. and uh, he actually wields his father's sword and stuff. And his level forty conversation is very uh, it's very nice. Um, it's probably one of my favorite things. that really gives him. Uh, some some context as a character, and so I'm going to read that out. <clears throat> Quote, When I was young, Marcus, a knight who had long served my family, told me many tales about my father. He spoke of the heroic things my father did in his younger days, the many allies he met on his travels, and he told me how my parents first met. I would get so excited hearing those stories. I looked forward to them far more than any other tale. That's why my That's why I admire my father so much. He's my hero. I I may resemble him, but I have so much to learn, and I have to get a lot stronger before I can truly claim to be like him, but if I stay by your side I'm sure I'll be able to accomplish that goal I promise you I'll continue to do my best. End quote Um, I really like this. Uh, I think it's very heartwarming for Roy, and we get references to uh, Marcus and Fire Emblem 7 Um There's really not much to say other than I I give this a 5 out of 5 emblems
1: it's great. It 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 brings a smile to my face. It makes me think of the stories. That, uh, it makes me think of Fire Emblem Seven. It makes me think of Fire Emblem Six and those connections. Because uh, uh, Roy is such an um, isn't just a face from Smash Brothers. Roy is the son of a lord who saved the world, and Roy goes out to save the world on his on his own with his friends. One generation later. It's nice to see that sort of thing referenced with a father-son sort of thing. Ugh. I love it. I just have a big old smile on my face.
0: Yeah. Um, which brings us to the thing that Cardwiz and I wanted to talk about doing. Cardwiz, we're both professional wrestling fans, aren't we?
1: 100%.
0: Professional wrestling is known for stealing its gimmicks from other wrestlers, right?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So, uh... so let me tell you something, brother. We're stealing <laughs> another gimmick. So, one thing that I note that uh, the Game Informer podcast does is that they have something called um, the Game Club. Basically, they'll take a game, um, whether it's a past game or a current game, they'll play through so much of it. And then they'll talk about what they've played with their audience, and they'll get opinions, and they'll read emails and stuff like that. So, I figured that Cardoes and I should steal this gimmick. Claim it as our own. 100% original, in fact. So... We are starting what's called uh, the Emblem Club because we're original. And uh, we're going to be playing through uh, some various Fire Emblem games. And so we wanted to start with seven. You know, it turned 15 this year. And so we wanted to look back on the game that started the international craze, well, as far as Fire Emblem goes. Um, and so we decided uh, we're going to play through. Sorry, what chapters was it again? I didn't actually write the chapters down.
1: We're going to start by playing Elliewood story. We're not going to do the the Lynn Hard mode tutorial to make people make our unit stronger. We're gonna start with Ellie Elliwood normal mode and we're going to go chapter eleven through sixteen. Sixteen is the cast is the where they've taken going back into Kalen and taking back the okay. Marquis castle. Where you it's the chapter where you end up getting Raven and Lucius back.
0: Okay, yeah, we'll talk about that when when it comes yeah. to it. I just couldn't, I just for, some, for whatever reason I forgot to write the chapters down. Yeah, well, yeah, um... that, that, that's
1: a good chunk. That that's a decent chunk, and we it's starting to get into the chapters where you have to put a little bit more thought into movements. It starts getting a little bit hard, and we're just playing on normal mode. We want to have as many units on the field as possible. We want to since this is our first playthrough that we're going through with you guys out there. We want it to just sort of be nice and fun.
0: Yeah, and then we'll uh we'll do a, like a like a brief write up of um Lynn's story and Lynn mode's that way we have some con- that way we have some uh some reference points for Lynn when she eventually shows back up.
1: Mm-hmm. And as we're playing along with the game, we'll be telling the stories about oh this character Kent uh, Kent came from behind and uh, he ended up saving Lynn in this spectacular fashion or oh my goodness I can't believe it Florina got 1% crit on a lightning bolt I can't believe it uh, those are the kinds of stories I love to share with people I personally I love I love uh, listening to sports podcasts I love fantasy football talk it, it, I know p- some people are in the minority I love hearing the tough beats of how people got screwed over and I love hearing stories in conversations I've had with you over the many years that we've known each other and played Fire Emblem so many times I love the stories of how one character ends up becoming a god in a playthrough that we never would have expected or how someone gets RNG screwed I, I think these are the things that just help bond people together these quote uh, gaming war stories mm-hmm. so to speak
0: and you know send, I- I love, us, send us your um Send us your comments um, from your playthrough. Maybe you had someone that became a god who wasn't supposed to be, or maybe you had an unbelievable save or something like that, and we'll read it out in the podcast. You know, we're always interested in hearing um, hearing what you got to say.
1: And plus, we just get to play good games over and over again, and I it gives me excuse to play this game again, even though I was probably going to play it again anyway. Oh man, you're... it's going to give me—it's going to give me a reason to revisit games I haven't either played in forever. Wouldn't give another chance. Maybe we'll do Shadow Dragon one day. Maybe I'll finally give that one a chance. Maybe I'll give Fates another chance.
0: Maybe I'll actually get to play this copy of Fire Emblem Path of Radiance that I just bought.
1: <laughs> oh, your poor wallet.
0: Mm-hmm. Give me a reason to—give me a reason to play Fire Emblem. Uh, and give me a reason to play Fire Emblem Radiant Path of Radiance. I just. I mean, I, I never need a make reason play to that. play. Make, make me play that. <laughs> I never need a reason to play Fire Emblem, but uh, yeah, I just I want to revisit these games. I want to chit chat about them, the units, and all the things that come with it. So I know it's probably during a tough time because, oh boy, January. Games. And, oh, games are coming out. And Smash is here, too. So. Uh, it
1: And hope, hopefully we'll finish up this one in time by the time we finish up. Uh, Fire Emblem Seven. We'll either move on to another old game, or maybe we'll have some news on Three Houses by that point, so we can start planning around that one.
0: Definitely interested in see what's coming out. I, I I think our future is uh, pretty bright with this podcast.
1: Oh yeah, we've got a lot of good stuff going around the corner. Worst case scenario, we get to play some old Fire Emblem games. Oh no! How,
0: How terrible! <laughs> Well, I think that does it for this chapter. Card was ready to get out of here.
1: Ready to get out of here. I think we just leveled up. Uh, I think.
0: We, I think we got a good one. Me too. So I think,
1: sadly, if, my my rambling point leveled up, but oh well. We'll I'll work on that in the future.
0: That's all right. We're all getting started here. So, if you want to get in touch with us, you can follow us at Emblem Supports on Twitter, or you can email us. And yes, I remembered the email this time at Emblem At gmail.com. And, um, well, Card Wiz, together we ride. Let's get out of here.